On this week's episode of Resi Week, we have Dave Pedigo, Joe Whitaker, and Tim Albright giving their thoughts and musings on the year that was 2016, but also where the industry is going to go in 2017 and even 2018. All this and more on Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. Resi Week, episode 48, New Year's Predictions. This week's episode of Resi Week is brought to you by Display Note. This is Resi Week. Welcome to Resi Week. This is your weekly wrap-up of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for avnation.tv. Today, I'm pleased to be joined by... The one and the only Vice President David Pedigo. He's the VP of Emerging Technologies at Cedia. How are you, sir? I am super. How are you? That was such a vice presidential wave. I loved it. Wow. Well, made me I, so happy. I'm doing great. Secondly, no, go ahead. Oh, no. I can't I'm interrupt the VP. I'm at home relaxing, so life is good. That's fantastic. Secondly, we have El Presidente, the owner of The Thoughtful Home. Joe Whitaker, how are you, sir? Doing well. Nice to see you guys again. Everybody's real mellow today. I love it. Last but not least, we have Tim Albright. He is the founder of AV Nation and one of my good friends. How you doing, bud? I am well, sir. How are you? I'm doing doing good it's it's like 40 degrees out today i'm, I'm living the dream that's for that's canada well, i know but it's it's january in canada 40 wow. degrees fantastic all right gentlemen this is our uh this is kind of our annual wrap up uh forward catch future casting forward looking uh show of the year where we talk about the big stories of the year stuff we've seen stuff we like the stuff that meant the most to not only us personally, but the, the industry in general. And Dave, I'd like to start off with you being our residential uh, CDA friend. What was the, what do you think was the biggest story for you personally this year uh, that came out? And, and more importantly, from, from an industry standard, what really hit the bar this year? Uh, you know, I guess I'd have to say that the big thing that is, for me, would just be a more universal story of, of consolidation. Uh, the uh, acquisitions of Luxol and PackEdge um, are, are certainly something to pay attention to. Um, it seems like Samsung is, is acquiring a whole bunch of companies to put an ecosystem together. So for me, I think that from a just from a, a big picture perspective, the um, the acquisitions uh, were really something not surprising. Uh, I, I wasn't surprised at all. I might have been a little bit surprised as to who uh, purchased the companies, but um, so acquisitions uh, were probably the the biggest thing for me 
in regards to what a story was. You, you can't ignore though, even though it's not specifically related to our industry, but the, uh, the presidential election cycle and um, the fact that Donald Trump won, uh, whether you like him, hate him, or are somewhere in between. Uh, and you know, the funny thing is, is, is that uh, you look at lots of studies and there's about a 50-50 chance of a, um, of a recession uh, right after a post-election. And from all indications, it looks like the economy is going well. So um, we certainly can't, um, uh, we certainly can't ignore the presidential election. So, uh, and then from a selfish perspective, the fact that CEDIA is now one, as of uh, January 1st, one global organization, uh, I, I think is, is terrific. It, uh, it means a lot to the organization from, let's say the manufacturers, they don't have to join CEDIA EMEA and CEDIA US. Uh, they're just one membership. Uh, from us personally, we did a lot of things kind of twice. Now we only have to do them once, so we'll be more efficient with our resources and money. So I'm pretty stoked about us being one global organization. Yeah, and I think that's something that people don't really understand how big of a deal that is to unify the brand and, and the company specifically across obviously all, all of its partners. It, it, it brings everyone together um, and, and definitely makes things interesting. Are you expecting, Dave, to see uh, the, the same clip, if you will, of acquisitions into 2017? Uh, I if anything, I think it'll probably accelerate, not decelerate. I, um, you know, it's a really competitive market. It, you know, I, I was at a, an event one time and someone asked about IoT as an example and, and who are gonna be, who's gonna win. And uh, the response was great. I don't see any clear cut winner. I only see losers and companies that are acquired. And so I think we will continue to see companies that are acquiring, especially smaller companies that are trying to fill out a portfolio. But uh, no, I, I, I fully anticipate um, more acquisitions from, from actually some of our big players um, and probably in the first or second quarter. I, I don't have any inside information. It's all gut feeling, but yes, I, I think that that is um, uh, definitely gonna continue. For a long time, honestly. Very good. Joe, you and I have been friends for a while now. Because specifically on this. When things start like that. I know. If they know. start like that, it's, it's yeah, it's going to get rough. It's We've a bad been friends for a while, and I'm here to tell you no. <laughs> but no, we, we're, we're two guys on, on this panel specifically today that we're full on integrators. So we're in the trenches every day. That's why I was a little late to this recording this morning because I actually had a meeting uh, beforehand. Um, looking at it from that perspective, and I know obviously you're you're heavily involved in CDA, you're on the board, um, so you 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 do kind of see it from both sides. But specifically from from the integrator seat, what did you see? Uh, kind of is the same question that I addressed. Dave with, what did you see as the biggest industry specific story 
And what did you personally, again, kind of wearing your integrator's hat, what did, what hit you as the most important thing out of 2016? You know, this year has several things going on. And one of the biggest ones, obviously, is 2016 was the year of voice. Uh, It was the year of voice control. Um, And the, you know, consumer adoption of that, you know, thinking of controlling things in a different way with, I hope it doesn't go off when I say it, but, you know, things like Alexa, things like Google, um, you know, these things really brought these things to home. And going from the IoT model into uh, the custom model, it has been a big deal in 2016. 14 and 15 were all about the introductions of the IoT model of itself, from Nest going into all the other ones that came out after the fact. When consumers thought, well, I could just go to Office Max, Home Depot, Walmart, whatever, buy these devices and put them in my home. 2016 was a huge year when consumers realized, well, if I really do want it to do all these other things and I want it to be, you know, actually working, uh, dependable, they needed the custom market to do that. They needed own technology professionals to do that. Alexa was one of the, the, the biggest points of it because out of the box, you can do some likes and some other things. But what we saw, you know, at the trade show at Cedia in 2016 with Amazon actually being on the floor and Google being on the floor is besides just voice control, 2016 was a big wake-up call for all the huge players in the industry to actually recognize, participate with our industry. And, and I don't just mean it from the Cedia side. I mean that all the way around, all the way to the big box manufacturers. Everyone is starting to see the importance of what we do as integrators. And this was really the year where it really grabbed hold, where if you really want a good experience with IoT, you're gonna get a custom integrator, home technology professional involved. So that's really my first one, is is companies recognizing that these things can be controlled more than with just a phone or with a remote, is looking towards the outside. Um, I'm sure you kind of feel the same way because you have to deal with these things as well. Completely, completely. Looking at the, you know, obviously the IoT stuff and the voice control and the way it's affecting the the end user, the the homeowner, are we going to, in your professional opinion, are we going to see a, a massive change in the way in which, like like down to the core, the way in which people interact with technology going forward? Well, that's that's kind of now, now that. That, that's obvious, and that well, was just, part of kind of the, one of the second most important stories that I think of 2016, even though it was kind of late. You know, I have a, I have a take on what uh, Pedigo said on the Cedia thing, but while we're on this one, the fact that somebody like, um, you know, the good old Facebook founder jumped in and said, well, I need to take a look at this. There's got to be a way to take voice and take some form of AI, even though it's not really AI yet. It's more... What what good old Zuckerberg did is just really fancy IFTTT when it comes down to that. That's that's really all it is. But he took a leap forward and did it in a very public and outward-facing manner. That was the best thing about it. And the greatest thing about it is when you have this brilliant guy who created one of the biggest things ever, which is Facebook, and has the hugest databases ever, and probably some of the most expensive engineers – for this guy to come forward and say, yeah, I have Crestron and Lutron and this and this and this, he's like, but the most complicated part of it is me trying to figure out how to make all these devices talk together. 
And guess what? That's kind of that's kind of mean your job, Matt. That's that's yep. kind of what we do is we mm -hmm. take those things, we put them together, we make them talk to each other. Mark basically just and too bad nobody's wrote an article to say this is Mark Zuckerberg just said, I need you. I need Matt. I need Pedigo. I need guys like you because my biggest problem was making all these devices talk together. There's still to this day of, I don't know, however many years CD has been around in home technology, which is well before that. Nobody's ever stopped and thought, hmm, I should create a bridge that'll make everything talk together. If, yeah. if there was only a place. He just figured it out. He just figured it out. He's like, oh my gosh, you know, writing the code was nothing. Of course it's nothing. We do IFTT code all day long. <laughs> but well, he wrote it in Python, so it's not it's not quite IFTTT. True, but, but you know, most most of us guys who have been around forever and have done Crestron and AMX and all these other things, we can write in C and C sharp and JavaScript. Yeah. All these other things, we know how to do. Yeah, Python's kind of hard. It's, you know, interface and SQL databases, whatever. But the point is, is his pain point was the pain point that home technology professionals and Cedia as a trade association try to overcome. That's the job we do. And that's his number one pain point. And that's why I thought that article was so important. It was just really late in the year. Very much so. But my well, and story is this. I do want to say that one thing that, that, that really needs to be thought about is the importance of CDA going global is one very, 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 very big thing. All the other trades that affect construction and all that, their movement is based on regulatory. So they could never have a global electricians union. It, it will mm -hmm. never happen. It's, it's, it's based on regional regulations. CDA is based on movement by technology. When technology moves, CDA moves. That can be encompassed globally. Once you turn that global switch on, now you have all of these people actually working together that you didn't have before. I mean, one of the hugest pain points of being on the board for the last six years is there being two boards and two, two separate pieces of movement going on at one time. That's gone. And now manufacturers are all on the same plate because there's some great ones over in Europe. There's great ones in Australia. And guess what? All these guys sit at the same table now. So that's kind of my Cedia Global news is it is really a big thing down to the individual HTP company. Very good. Timothy? Yes, sir. You've been, you know, you, you're been quite honest about the fact that this is not your industry, but you've been now covering it for the better part of two, three years with me. Looking at it from the outside as I don't want to say a hobbyist, but as, as somebody who enjoys the technology, but who isn't working in it day to day the way the three of us do. What, what was your biggest takeaway? Uh, you know, again, as honestly kind of our, our end user of the group. What, <laughs> yes, I've dumbed you down to an end user. A, 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 I'll qualify <laughs> an end user who also knows how to put this stuff in, in conference rooms and churches and, and well, yes, but but as we've discussed multiple times, there is a difference between oh, yeah. the residential well, space and and the commercial corporate space. So specifically, using your your head not as a programmer, but as somebody who you know watches it is interested in it, but again doesn't work in it day to day. What would be your takeaway from this year? 
So it, it, it and unfortunately, I can't separate myself from being a, a control programmer, and, and it, it definitely skews this, and I'll admit it before I even say it, but I honestly think that this was the year of control in residential AV, and the reason goes all the way back to a year ago this time. <clears throat> um, Joe mentioned the fact that Zuckerberg starts out the year and he, every year, and if you follow Zuckerberg, he says, I'm going to do one big project. I'm going to read so many books, I'm going to run miles, whatever. His project for 2016 was uh, creating AI. Well, he, he used you know Jarvis, which is the Iron Man interface that, that, uh, that they have in the various movies. And he did it with his own Python code, but he also had Lutron, he also had Crestron, he had a number of other devices. He introduced voice with his. He has freaking Morgan Freeman voicing his Jarvis, so that's not, not two small things. But then you've got um, the second month, which was February, you had the announcement of Control 4 purchasing uh, PackEdge, and you had all these other announcements, and then you end the year with um, Alexa being on the show floor and all the integration that they had. It was not necessarily a, uh, a, a great thing for Alexa specifically. I think it was a great thing for the control companies that they brought to the table. Um, the keynote address that Control 4 did was phenomenal. The keynote address that Crestron was a part of was phenomenal at Cedia. And you had all these folks that said, you know, here's this great opportunity we have. This is an IoT device, this is a consumer device that Amazon is selling millions of. We don't know the price, we don't know the cost point for them. It's very much, most, very likely a loss leader for them if they're breaking even or possibly even losing money on it. But it's a, a, a way for them to get into people's homes. But for the, the homeowners themselves, it gives them a gateway to something that people have been clamoring for for years, ever since all of us that grew up watching the Jetsons and grew up watching all of the Star Trek-y, Star Wars-y, you know, futuristic things, this is voice control. Now, voice control, and I've written this and I've said this and other people smarter than me have said this, this is not a replacement for a touch panel. This is not a replacement for a physical interface. You still need those. But this is a great step forward to introduce to folks like my dad, right, who doesn't have a, 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 a you know, computer still freaking out. You know, I still have to help him out with his computer and stuff like that. But this is a great introduction for people like that. So I honestly think that the 2016 was the year of control for, for residential AV. Very good. Uh, there's one thing that I, that I should have touched on that I didn't, if you don't mind giving me just uh, a minute or two. I think the 2016... <laughs> hey, you know what? And no one's touched upon the worst mustache in the world. That should be, uh, you know, my most newsworthy <laughs> thing is I actually tried to grow facial hair. You and, you haven't uh, seen Tim grow. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, that's uh, pretty epic. Pubescent attempt at a mustache. So, no. Just so you know, this is seven weeks right now. <laughs> so it's... it's <laughs> <laughs> it, it's pretty bad. So, but... Um, that being said, my the one thing I think 2016 will be remembered by uh, five to seven years from now is from a cybersecurity perspective. Mm -hmm. So um, the the Dyn attack on the um, servers, the DDoS uh, denial of service, um, it, the uh, hacking of the U.S. election is going to start bringing cybersecurity into 
the um, into the mindset of consumers, which I think is actually going to start pushing uh, and, and the government. I think that's something really uh, worth noting, and that's going to push. Um, that's going to push manufacturers to do different things and home technology professionals to be able to separate themselves from uh, those who aren't quite so trained in the networking side of things. And so I think we really will see a bigger push towards privacy, security, et cetera. And it started uh, with some major events in 2016. Well, and actually, I'll, I'll jump on that real quick, Dave. We actually started the year with the story coming out of Ars Technica about some AMX, equi or AMX equipment that was um, had some back doors and, and they, they had some security issues. And that has led to a bunch of folks saying, myself included, that manufacturers have to start updating this stuff from a security standpoint. Um, it, it, you know, on the commercial side, and then this is, this is my own Achilles heel and it's trying to, to juggle the residential versus um, commercial. In the commercial side, getting folks to update firmware is like pulling teeth. Once a system is up and running and stable, why would I want to mess with it, you know, for a small feature? Stop right. calling it a firmware. Start calling, start calling it what it is. It's a security patch, right? The IT community has, have been living with security patches for decades. Um, you know, there is an old, uh, an old joke about uh, Security Patch Tuesday, which... Uh, Microsoft typically did it on, Tuesday, on Tuesdays, which is why um, the World of Warcraft and the other MM, uh, the other multiplayer uh, games, that's when they did theirs because they knew that their, the IT managers that played their games would be busy doing the Microsoft updates. <laughs> why don't we do one? Why don't, and, and screw it, do it on Tuesday, right? You know, continue to get security people on your team, manufacturers, and have them try to hack your stuff fix the problem and push out a security update and call it that. So, so here's the question from that though, is, is 2017 going to, because we've had so much drama in the, the security side of the world, are we going to see 2017 as a year where specifically the manufacturers, but also and arguably more importantly, the integrators actually start to, put some effort into knowing how to secure their networks, knowing how to secure their devices. Because we've talked, we've talked about AVIT for years, but I think this is really the driving factor. But when I talk to integrators, I, I don't know about you, Joe or, or, or Dave, but when I talk to integrators about, you know, the fact that my company now has a specific IT division, nobody else does. And they all just still to this day seem to, to wipe their hands on it. And again, this is just what I'm talking to guys. Um, is 2017 going to be the year? Well, so, what's that, Joe? I, said, I think 2018. Because you know what? All works. Everything in our industry works in a cyclic manner. So we had a year of a pain point. 2017 will be a year of proposed solution. 2018 will be a year of deployment. I mean, that's just the way of the cycle in our, in, in, well, just about every technology industry works. Thankfully, ours is residential, so it's a little faster and a little, you know, less of a pain to figure out. But if this was such a big pain point, you know, I think it's going to take them a year to, to solidify it because Tim mentioned the AMX thing. Earlier in the year, you also had the uh, Ubiquity Unify 
uh, problem where mm -hmm. you were able to, you know, snake firmware and change <laughs> information. Um, you know, there, there, there was a lot of those going on. So it's, it's going to take those engineers because they're going to either have to develop new products or make new firmware to support existing products. And who knows if, you know, the, the RAMs and the CPUs in these devices right now can handle what their proposed solution is. So it's probably good. 2018 will probably be that year. In 2017, it'll be the year everybody complains about it. Now, uh, I, so here, I'll, two things. One is, so I think 2017 is the year that we will start to see companies develop that specialize specifically as a recurring monthly revenue where they are securing people's networks. And I think home technology <laughs> professionals will probably outsource some of that RMR to companies that are specializing in this. It'll be nascent. It'll be right at the beginning of uh, the development. But I don't see how we don't have an industry where people's sole purpose is really specifically pre uh, protecting the consumer's network. That being said, I think it's a prediction on my part. I think we are going to see regulatory involvement. I spent some time uh, with, with CTA at uh, some of their standards meetings. We're working on a best practice document uh, and we're you know, getting some advice from, uh, from the federal government. Uh, but I think that you wanna, I am predicting that there will be some kind of regulatory imposition on manufacturers of network devices and IoT devices uh, whether it is uh, regulatory or it is fine-based, we are going to see the government jump in because uh, too many companies have been lackadaisical for too long. So thinking of that, is it going to, is it going to fall, thinking specifically residentially, right? Is it going to fall to the, the companies and manufacturers that are supplying your ISP? Or your service or is it going to fall to the the integrators to express that to to their clients it, it, in my opinion sorry Joe I'm taking some of your valuable time especially you Tim uh, but we all know I'm a loud mouth um, so At least you my, said it and we didn't have it, to it, it, oh, oh I'm honest too uh, he, he in, is the vice president opinion, as much time as he wants I, I know it has to fall on the integrator and they have to be able to sell their services and explain why it's important and how they are better trained and better positioned than the ISP. God, no offense to the ISPs, but Jesus, they're not going to be able to, to do it. And um, so it's a business opportunity for those that, that can take it. Um, so yes, it falls on us for sure. Joe, you just get on your head or you got anything to add? No, I mean, it's definitely, especially if you take it like, you know, Dave's talking about, about, you know, regulatory measures, you know, plus what gets handed down to us, the people who are putting it in. I'm, I'm, I'm with him. There's, there'll, there'll be regulatory measures at the manufacturer level. And then that is going to trickle down to us and we've got to sell it, which we've been doing already. We know how to sell stable networks. Yes, not everyone is going to, you know, dive in and, you know, pay the extra for it. But when you tie in RMR and you start doing, you know, network as a service as a way to actually offer it. And then there's always the good old, you know, one of our greatest selling points is let me show you how, why your network's, uh, you know, 
not, not set up properly. Let me go grab a ladder and throw my laptop on this cable that you got this IP camera hooked to and let me open your front door. So, I mean, it's, it's being able to give them those examples. Those are good ways to sell. And when they don't want to do it, there's times to walk away. Um, but but I, 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 I'm with Dave on that. You know, it's going to be the integrators and the home technology professionals job to be able to put these in and to, and to kind of force them. But there's going to be some regulation that's going to make us do it, which is a great thing because I'm just hoping it trickles all the way down to the homeowner. Very good. There's some liability with me, please. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> can, we, can we find some kind of mutual insurance contract on what might be stolen from you because you didn't buy the router I proposed to you? Well, and there, there has to be that understanding that you can't just take something off the shelf and instantly think that they're fine. Because that's obviously what we run into all the time. But I, I think it'll be interesting to watch what happens if and when the government throws some regulations down for the end user specifically, because they can do it from the manufacturer standpoint, but until they Canada too. Oh yeah, no, it will. We'll just be, if you guys do it next year, we'll do it in five years down the road. (laughs) And yeah. (laughs) You know, unless Canada becomes part, part of, I mean, uh, California becomes part of Canada that might speed it up. We don't want most of them though. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I, I did want to say one other interesting thing, since this is also kind of a, a pre-CES and, you know, prediction towards the future. Um, you know, the, the Amazon Echo, the Dot, Alexa was a, a huge thing. Um, dur- it just beeped at me. Um, during, during this year, mm-hmm. um, one of the things that a lot of people aren't looking at is... I couldn't find the answer to the question. So... <laughs> My point exactly. So what they did is they they came out with one little bitty device to actually introduce it to the masses and to be able to kind of show it. Like like Tim said, take a loss on it. You know, it's out there. Now they're actually using this as a service model. And it's something I've kind of written about and talked about, you know, here recently is that they've now licensed their technology to everybody that has PlayFi. So, you know, Klipsch's sound bars and everybody else who uses PlayFi, that is a service that will be used within the PlayFi environment now. So now, now they're thinking of it the other way. It's, mm-hmm. it's who cares about this little crappy little speaker I use? Let's have, you know, a thousand manufacturers, 10,000 devices that now support my platform, which is where, where I think Google should have went right off the back with it, but they didn't. They've got a couple of partners now. But that is where, where we're going to see, and, and I'm hoping that we'll see Crestron, Control 4, or whoever else, Alon, jump in and also license that technology from Amazon. That's kind of a really, really big deal. And, and at CES this year, there will be a lot of that. You will see a lot of uh, Alexa integration with PlayFi. Very good. All right, gentlemen, that's all the time we have for this episode. I hope you enjoyed listening to Joe and Dave talk and predict the future. Oh, so accurately, I think, maybe, possibly. And Tim for talking. Um, <laughs> like the way I just let that hang for a second. I'm just going to let you talk about it. Just to get all three of you laughing first. Uh, Dave, where can people connect with you? 
Uh, the easiest way is on Twitter, just uh, at Dave Pettigo. Very good. Joe, thanks for being here, bud. Where can people, and, and for not skiing this season, this, this show. That was helpful. Well, you know, it's funny. The only reason I'm back is it is, is, it is the last end of hunting season. So <laughs> I will be leaving this and going right back down the road to that. But uh, people can find me at Thoughtful Home on Twitter, on Facebook at The Thoughtful Home, and of course, also uh, at CU. Very good. Timothy, where can people find you? Uh, the, the, the best place is the website, avianation.tv, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, but you can also connect with me on Twitter, TD, Tim David Albright on Twitter. Very good. So thanks again for, uh, joining us and, and being on the show with us guys. Uh, for myself, if you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Matt D Scott and pretty much every other social platform. But more importantly, please stop by avnation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of other shows that cover all the verticals that we cover. When you do visit the website, please make sure you take a moment to check out our underwriters. We are extremely thankful for their support and we ask that you support them as well. That is all the time we have and thank you for joining us on this episode of Resi Week. Mm-hmm.